Welcome to the Show Up Fitness Podcast, where great personal trainers are made. We are changing the fitness industry one qualified trainer at a time with our in-person and online personal training certification. If you want to become an elite personal trainer, head on over to showupfitness.com. Also, make sure to check out my book, How to Become a Successful Personal Trainer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great day and keep showing up. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Show Up Fitness Podcast. Today, we're lucky to have soon-to-be instructor, Mr. Tyson. He's up in the chilly, chilly Washington area. I think he got down to zero last night. About that, yeah. Yep. <laughs> we're up freezing. We're freezing balls over here at 60 degrees in Santa Monica, and I had a sweater and a beanie on earlier. When I was at the University of Connecticut my, for one year back there, you get acclimated to the cold, and it would it's the coldest spot in the northeastern states, and it would get down to negative 30, negative 40. And I always get a kick walking to the gym with my robber mask on because all you could see is my eyes and my mouth. And I probably look like the biggest creep in the world. But then you would literally get to the gym, and you'd have to just layer off. And then you get in your workout in, but I mean, it, you get spoiled now in, in sunny LA. It's like, it's freezing. Literally it's freezing right now and it's 60 degrees. We're such wimps here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, something, something to kind of get used to, but uh, you know, once you're used to it, you kind of, like you said, you get acclimated to it. So I love your story because you were athlete college, played some basketball. We're about the same age. I'll kick your ass one-on-one. We'll have to do it sometime. <laughs> And you're actually going to get down to one of the seminars for free because of the contest that you got part of. And so can't wait to meet you and show you how uh, to back up in the post and a little, uh, little shimmy <laughs> and a fadeaway. You're going to get, you're going to learn something, but then you, you got into the the world of chemistry when you had a full blown career for 15 so years, right? Talk to us about that. Yes, sir. So I went to college thinking I want to be an optometrist. I was a pretty good high school student. I had like a 386 GPA. And I was like, okay, everyone's telling me I need to be either a lawyer or um, like a scientist or an ophthalmologist or whatever. So, like, okay, I guess I'll go optometry. They make a lot of money. Not putting much thought into it. And at that time, college was pushed pretty heavily, you know, to our generation. It's like, okay, so I'll do that. So I went to school and took all the science classes. I hated every single second of it, but I just kept on plugging away, thinking that this is what I wanted to do. And uh, I remember taking, in the midst of it, I remember taking an anatomy class and thinking, man, I really like this stuff, but it just never, never registered. I never had the awareness to make the switch at that time. So I kept on going through it, barely got out of college, a lot of drinking, a lot of stupid stuff, but I, I was able to get my bachelor's and uh, graduate with a chemistry degree. <clears throat> and then I had to find a job. And I was like, okay, great. What am I going to do now? So Tyson Foods of all places was a place that hired me up. And I worked in the lab there for a few, a few years. I worked at uh, Tillamook for a few years in the lab and then worked for a soil science lab and worked in labs for about 15 years as we raised our family. Uh, we have four kids and, um, you know, when you have kids, they got to eat. So you just got to work. I never thought about switching careers. I was, uh, like you say, get better, not bitter. And I was more on the bitter end for a really long time. But one thing I always stuck with was staying active and lifting weights. And uh, I knew that there would be a time where I'd be able to strike. And uh, recently is, is when I was able to do that. That's so cool because those that are listening, this is going to resonate with you. You're you're <laughs> at a point, you have that comfort, those golden handcuffs, whether if it be in the corporate industry, or in your case, working at one of the best cheese companies in the world. We'll talk about that at a later time, but I love telling them that stuff is the best. It's like 
crack right there. That stuff's amazing. <laughs> just always put it into a simple tortilla, heat that sucker up, dip it in the chicken noodle soup. Woo-wee! Love that. <laughs> but you you were able to take that opportunity. And it didn't and, and it must be hard for those that are listening, because you're actually in that spot where he was. And it wasn't just a moment when Tyson said, I'm gonna do it now. It literally took, like you said, you got bitter because you were probably at a job that you didn't like for numerous years. And then you finally were able to break away. You had a, a fortuitous opportunity with the selling of your house. And then you had some extra cash flow. And then like most of us, unfortunately, we type in, where can I find a really good looking guy with a belt buckle who's going to teach me how to become a personal trainer? And that's how you came across us, right? Nope. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got into the NASA thing and I got this big ass book and I just started combing through it. And like I said to you previously, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a shitty student this time. I'm actually going to go through it and I'm going to study. And I went through it and it took forever to get through that thing. And I thought there's got to be an easier way. And, you know, throughout the years, I'd always trained and I, and I had my ear to the fitness industry. I had never posted for like 20 years online, but I'd follow some people and I knew who was, um, you know, people to trust and whatnot. So I knew how to train. I, I knew a little bit of anatomy and stuff like that. Um, and I knew NASA wasn't it. So I was like, how can I pass this without having to spend all this and waste my time? You know, I'm just wasting my time. I got to get this done. And so I YouTubed, uh, you know, how to become a personal trainer and came across your videos and, uh, everything you said resonated with me. So I just started diving in deeper and found out what I actually need to study for and then pass it. And then the rest was history. I joined the internship and it's been the best decision that I've made with my business for sure. And the cool thing is you worked at a corporate spot for about a year and a half. You're now leaving, starting your own side independent gig. And for a lot of trainers, that would take sometimes three, four years. But when you're able to expedite it with a team and mentorship and ask questions, and you know, we've had one-off calls where you're at a fork and you're able to get some guidance. And we're going to talk about a client injury here in a second. But I, I give you a lot of credit for being able to listen. And I, I understand I'm a personality on YouTube. I do it on purpose to piss people off. If you're not a gym bro, maybe you just went through a crazy weight loss transformation with dieting or, you know, a lot of moms and, and women may not get my sense of humor and, but athletes do and people who are in the gym and they go, oh, this makes sense. I was reading this textbook. It literally has nothing to do with what I'm doing in the gym. It's just, it doesn't add up. You're on a stability ball. You're foam rolling for five, 10 minutes. You're ending the session five, 10 minutes. You're shaking your head. It's like, no, it's not how it's going to work. And then the programming's terrible. And and so when you have that connection and then it clicks, like, okay, I just need to get through this ASAP. I really do feel for all the people out there who reach out to me and they're like, yeah, I've been studying ACE, ISA, NASM for two, three years. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you've been reading it for two or three years? But it makes sense because just like you did, you do it for six months and then you're like, I'm going to put it down and I'm just going to kind of let it rest. And then another opportunity will come up and six months later, you get back into it and you just keep on going down that same toxic cycle. And you can see why so many trainers quit because they get that. They take a photo and like, yeah, I'm certified. But then they're like, well, what the hell do I do now? I have no idea how to train or anything. But you were fortunate enough to you know, gain a lot of experience in those you know, 18 months. How many sessions do you think you've rendered in that time period? Ooh, that's tough because the nice thing about where I was at, we've talked about it previously. I was kind of a big fish, small pond. There's not a whole lot of trainers around here. I live in a small area. And right off the bat, when I saw uh, 
the people train here, I'm guessing they're probably massive trainers. But when I saw them train, I was like, okay, I'm definitely not going to do that. And business just picked up. I was able to, uh, get, get the training manager to just hand me clients right off the bat. So I was pushing 30 to 40 sessions a week during the first six months. And then last six months have really picked up probably like 45 a week. So whatever math that is, I'm not really sure, but quite a bit. You can do that pretty quickly. If you're doing 40 per week, times that by four, 160, 160 for a year, it's 1600, year and a half. You're looking at 2000, 2500 sessions. That's what a lot of trainers, it would require them two, three, four years to gain that career capital. And on top of that, you are learning more. You're on path to become an instructor. You're going through the fast track and and then you're going to be starting your own business. But you know, we had a heart to heart the other day and this happens with all trainers. And these are things that are not talked about because of, you know, you, you, we have our textbook certification and we're not confident and you don't have the, uh, the confidence to talk through this stuff. And so you had a client and something happened. So let's talk about it. Yeah. So I had a client who sustained an injury on my behalf and for a while it really bugged me. I even, I haven't had a hard time reaching out to you, even though I know I should deep down in my, in, in my heart, I was like, I know I should reach out. I need to ask about this. I need to get some guys. I need to know that it's okay that I didn't mess up completely. But anyway, the story goes, I had a lady who um, has been going through physical therapy. We've been training for about a year. We have a pretty close relationship. She really sees the value in what I provide for her. And she was starting to do good. And we're like, you know, we're doing good, you know? So she comes into the session and we do a core core accessory like always. And I have her do some split squats which is amazing for an elderly lady like herself to do. And then we did some incline bench. And I was like, you know what? We're going to go into some Copenhagen planks. And not even thinking about it, that that would probably provide a lot of stress to the medial portion of the knee. I should have regressed it. But anyway, I went through it anyway. We're all happy, laughing. You know, let's go. Let's get a good session today. She puts her foot up on uh, a block and starts to lift her hips up. And the medial part of her knee goes pop. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. And you should, because that's that old pop is the first thing I was going to ask you. Like, did you hear a pop? Usually a pop is indicative of an ACL, MCL, anterior cruciate ligament, medial uh, collateral ligament there. And it definitely could be a, a torn uh, ligament. And so the process would be you go to a doctor, they're going to take an x-ray, everything's fine. Uh, you're not going to find a soft tissue damage through an x-ray. They may want you to come back, get a cortisone shot, and then six, nine months later, you finally get an MRI, but there'd be immediate swelling and it would be very, very painful to put stress on. And so just by walking on it, and then what docs will do is what's called a Lockman's test. And they'll, they'll place their left hand on the posterior side of where the hamstring is, and then they'll grab the tibia and they'll be able to manipulate it to see if there is a give, then that's probably a torn ACL or MCL. And in this case, it would be an MCL. But, you know, we don't know. But you were lucky that she went home and she was kind of, you know, you weren't able to finish the session, but she did go get it checked out and, and she was okay. And like that's a, it's a lucky one because it could have been a lot worse. And, you know, there are going to be worst case scenarios like that. Now, it's not like the ACSM negligence ones where you can look this up online and there's trainers that are, pushing clients to the extreme, 75 minutes, high intense client says, I'm winded. This is too hard. And trainer keeps on pushing, 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 and the client dies. Those are extremes. This is, is it the best placement for an exercise? No, it wasn't. Uh, Could you have regressed it? Sure. You probably should have. I wouldn't have suggested doing a, a stabilizing exercise like that. So if you don't know what a Copenhagen is, think of a side plank, but you're 
your left elbow on the ground, my right leg would be on a bench and you should really be protecting your calf. And then your medial part of the knee would be a lot more protected. And so you could regress that by doing it on the ground. And it would probably be best to do it either at the end of a workout post not doing any type of leg stuff. And so there isn't the fatigue and the fact that you did it with a split stance, it's not the best, but it's not like it's, you're a bad trainer. I think that's what goes through our mind. It's just, that wasn't the best placement. You learn from it at the, at the consequence of your client, but the biggest and best thing that trainers can do. And that's exactly what you did is you take accountability for it and you let your client know that, Hey, that's uh, not, it's my fault. I apologize. And you have to deal with the consequences. And luckily in that circumstance, there was no negative consequences in the fact that, you know, she actually did need surgery and, and, and now she's back with you. She even came back a couple of days later, did some mobility drills and, and she's pretty much back to normal, right? Yeah, so she she went to her doctor's appointment, and we didn't have a appointment for another day. But she called me and said, "You know what? I think that was good. What we did at the end of the session when I got injured, we did a little bit of mobility. Let's try that again." And she did. She left feeling much better. Um, we've got in one session since then, and we're able to do some lifts. So it it's looking like it's on the up and up. So you know, avoided catastrophe, uh, but definitely definitely learned my lesson. And that's unfortunate because there's a lot of trainers out there who are incorporating exercises that are too intense or inappropriate. Your clients are getting stuff like rhabdomyolysis from an intensity standpoint. And I've met with the clients and they don't, they feel bad about communicating with the trainer. And so you did exactly what you should do is you listen to your client, you reach out, and you even said that you would pay for her session to go work with a therapist. And that's awesome. And that's what you should do. It's like, there's, there was a there was an incident and this is how you're going to make it better. Now you learn from it by recognizing, okay, there's better exercises that we can put in there. And it's part of your, your journey. I've worked with clients before and, and they've done things where it was their fault, but it was on my session. And so I still took responsibility for it. I had a guy I remember here in Santa Monica and he, it was the first set of a landmine deadlift and he just went down rounded back and picked it up too fast. And he didn't really, so I was just, I was, my eyes were like, what the heck? Like you literally went down there so quick because we've done it so many times. He's been training with me for a couple of years and he just tweaked his back and he went down to his knees and he's like, oh shit. I'm like, my mind's going, Dan, why the hell did you do that? You know, we're supposed to we have our checkpoints, but he just went into it too fast, but I have to take responsibility. I'm the one who's in charge. I'm the professional. I should have been aware that you know, he may have been a little giddy from whatever reason that I need to say, okay, remember we're getting in this lift, proud chest, sit down get into the game now where your mind may be thinking about the day work. And we see it a lot with clients They come in they're on their phone and they go and talking about their life or politics or whatever. And so they're not focused on that set, that rep. And that's where we need to snap into it. We're the fitness professional. They're coming to us. Their safety is up to us. And, and there's going to be times when that happens. And so it's just, it's a good learning experience from someone else and you shouldn't feel bad about it. It's, you know, it's, it is what it is. The fact that you were able to reach out and and have someone to kind of talk you through it, that's the most important thing. The thing that really scares me is how many people have really hurt themselves catastrophically because of a lack of whereabouts and just knowledge for the, the human body. So uh, thank you for sharing that story. It took a lot to do that. Any other questions you have for me while we're on this? No, I just want to make a comment, though. I think... Uh the beautiful thing about this internship and show of fitness is that 
you can expedite a lot of those mistakes, especially on the business side. You know, working in a lab, you just kind of do your tasks for the day. You're not really working with other people. You're not really marketing. You're not doing sales. The one thing I really appreciate about the show of fitness internship is you help with the business aspect of it because we're in sales, right? I mean, you are training people. You have to understand. It's just such a multifaceted, um, you know, career. And I think without without the guidance on the business end of it, man, I don't I don't know if I would have been able to um, be out there on my own as soon as I have, you know, just being a little over a year. And, and now, and, you know, it's nerve wracking. I have a little bit of fear still, but I know I'm in the right spot. I know I have the right tactics to like I said, expedite the mistakes and uh, take all the knowledge that every other people who have done it, um, you know, keep that with me and move forward and, you know, just keep growing. So I really appreciate, I appreciate that when it comes to the internship. No, I'm proud of you, my man, because you are so far along. Every trainer is going to have a similar situation to what you just said. Every single one, guarantee it. But the, the, the ability to learn quickly and to network. I just did a call with uh, the RD who you connected us with. And that's awesome. You reached out to an RD. You are setting up connections because you feel confident. I had another podcast earlier today with someone saying the majority of trainers they work with, they fail because they don't have the confidence from the experience. And it's like, that's, that's what we're providing here. We want people to come into a community, ask questions, go out there, help people and rinse and repeat doing it uh, the most optimal way that you can. And and so you're you're on the right path. It's going to be really cool to see where you're at one year from now because we're we're leveling up 10x every single year, and we're seeing the growth in the trainers. and And you're going to be you're teaching classes here soon. So I appreciate you taking the time to have this call, and we'll be uh, seeing you in person soon. All right, Chris. Thank you. Most importantly, but what do we got to do? Keep showing up, baby. Keep showing up. Love it.